our life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hello and welcome to Things Worth Considering. I'm Gord Riddell and I'm here with my co-host Alexia Georgiusis. Georgiusis. Uh, she's a naturopathic doctor, and she's fun to work with, and she forgives me every single time I, I stumble over her word, her name. Um, Absolutely. Boy, you couldn't have had Smith or Brown. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, I love being multicultural. Uh, <laughs> well, I spoke all the languages. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're uh, I'm just going to announce now, as we've been putting it out there, that uh, we're looking at going live. Uh, meaning you can phone us when we're actually on the air on uh, July the 8th, when uh, Thursday, July the 8th. And um, we will be on uh, in Eastern time at 8 p.m. and 5 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, we're looking really forward to that and having you phone in and interact with us. Um, it be great. Yeah, yeah, it'll be quite fun. So we'll keep announcing that. Get you ready for it. We're getting ourselves ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll be a toll free, uh, toll free line that you'll be able to phone in on. Now, uh, tonight, uh, we're going to look at uh, um, a, th- a thing that is called anger. And in fact, it's not just anger, it's toxic. It's toxic anger, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, when, did, when does it become toxic? Well, it becomes toxic when it becomes prime, sort of your primary experience of the world. You know, uh, there's a lot of very angry people out there. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the you know, there's uh, the old saying that the world's gone mad. Well, I think the world is mad uh, as in angry. Uh, there's a famous line out of uh, Network, the movie, um, and it was by Peter Finch, who was a broadcaster. And he went on the air and he said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Um and and for some reason that just really popped into my mind uh, that people are you know feeling a little bit pushed to the edge with their their anger. Are you experiencing that? Yeah, I'm definitely witnessing that more. I'm not experiencing it personally as much. I feel like um, you know there have been waves of emotions over this whole three month period. But I have like this morning I was out. I had to take my car in for a service, and I didn't quite I was on a side street and I couldn't figure out exactly where the shop was that I had to pull in and there was someone behind me started to kind of rage even though I was we were both going like maybe five kilometers an hour so it wasn't a huge thing there were no other cars around it was a a side street that sort of dead end like and and I just thought I kind of waved because I realized oh I didn't have my signal light on and you know indicating that I'm trying to turn into this whatever driveway but it it did feel a, a huge, there was intensity and frustration and impatience. And I think that that's starting to be more prevalent, especially as there's this anticipation, long-awaited anticipation to return, even though we're not going back to, you know, we're going into new and different, not normal, whatever normal means. Right. And And I think that energy is absolutely getting churned for sure. Yeah, and it's it's uh, unfortunate that it's not the entire, neither the country nor the province. Like the entire province has not been uh, uh, freed up. <laughs> uh, the biggest areas being Toronto and surrounding areas um, are still under the emergency, uh, uh, you know, pandemic laws. So yeah. we're still condemned to stay in our houses and vacuum one more time. <laughs> 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 one more reruns of the entire Will and Grace series. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, there's just, uh, I think there is that anticipation. People are really antsy. Uh, people are really antsy to get back to work yeah. by that meaning owners like restaurants wanting to open up and, you know, for those that are going to, there's a lot that is closed. There's and a I, lot that's closed. That's that I know that that's throughout not only Canada, but it's throughout the United States as well. There's a lot that's not going to open, you know, and there's a real push forward in the States to open up like that. And I'm really concerned as are a lot of the, the health people. Well, I think that it, it's also part of this anger too, is this sense of there's a, there's been a lot of mixed messaging 
in terms of what's safe, what isn't, and also what's allowed, what isn't. There's a lot of contradictory information. And it also, again, I wish people could be more educated and informed around microbiology and the nature of, you know, these organisms that are part of being alive on the earth. And it's not to dismiss the uh, precautions by any means, but it's really just having more information because I think when we're so used to being fed whatever is coming from the media, it only gives a little fraction of what's there. And it it takes away people's sense of power around, right. wait, how can I make a decision for myself? And I, And nobody likes to be forced to do something. And I think, you know, going to your, speaking to your point around this transition you know, back into whatever this is. And it's, I don't even say back into, it's more going forward, but there are still restrictions. So a lot of the businesses can't really sustain for them to open. If you have to keep people six feet apart for however long, then you can't, you know, make an, a, a living when you've got overhead to pay, especially for costs of restaurants in terms of providing food, you know, the, the, the amount of, of overhead that's there. So even though opening is sort of, it's like a little carrot, but it's like, oh no, no, you're not quite open. Nope. <laughs> and and there's, we don't know how long. So, so it's, this whole bit is a sense of, wait a minute, you know, how is this, how is this supportive? And then I think people's emotions start to go into where's their sense of power right and, right and and how and around fear as well well that point that you're bringing up about the six feet all around you know it's like it's like six feet on either side but it's also six feet front and back how can i sit people like that in a classroom you know yeah. i think they've opened up the religious uh uh church like the churches and the synagogues and mosques and everything but it's like they're only allowed one third capacity so if they're allowed a hundred people, which of course would be way more, but so they can have 30 people, you know, but probably barely covers the electricity. Yeah, know, exactly. Exactly. Plate, you know, for, for utilities. So it's, yeah, it's really certainly problematic, you know? So what do we do? We get angry. <laughs> that's, you know, that seems to be uh, one of our, our most common experiences. And it's a very powerful one because it, it really affects every system on the body when we get into into that level of anger, um, emotionally, physically, I think spiritually. Um, but interestingly, um, emotion, uh, uh, anger is not a primary emotion. Hmm. And, and yet if for us, for most of us, it's like it's our most important emotion. Uh, for men, it's our only emotion. Um, unless as you get older, you might get a little tear in your eye. But uh, other than that, you know, it's a, it's one of laughter or one of being angry. Um, what's interesting is is that anger is is first of all it is a very important uh, uh, secondary emotion because it's like a radar system, and it tells us that there's something not just quite right. So we will then be in a position to defend. So that's why we've never worked at you know from a psych position we've never worked at getting rid of uh, you know emotions. We're teaching people not to have. Uh, uh, anger, you know, uh, it can be controlled and managed better, but you know, it's really important for the survival of the species. You know, yes, so. it's, it's really, it's really important. And I think that, you know, anger also can be indicative or a, a sign or a flag that, you know, there's been a boundary that's been violated or there's been oh, absolutely. something that happens. And I think going back to that place of, of having, time or space or just awareness to pause or reflect and notice because very often we don't notice ourselves we don't include ourselves in our own experience in terms of our internal world but when people are have been you know especially we talked about parents before with young kids at home and having to be in the in this kind of quarantine or limited uh, activity outside and socializing it is being in a pressure cooker. And, and this is the buildup of, you know, anger has a lot of energy in it. It has a fire. It's meant for movement. And energetically, it's meant to move. And so, in, you know, in, in Asian medicine, it's very yang. That's the, the very yang emotion. And it's Lots not a bad thing. problems. Lots of stomach yeah, problems. Yeah, stomach, blood pressure, <laughs> blood pressure you yeah. know, heart conditions. 
because there's this immense energy that has to move out of the body. And we know that our society, we don't learn how to manage emotions, how to reflect on them, and how to direct them in ways that are more empowering and more effective instead of just blasting or just, you know, exploding and not thinking about how this is impacting not only the self, but everybody around you. Because we always love to share our anger. <laughs> Most people do, unless it's a slow burn, unless well, there's this slow, slow resentment, yeah. which is, I think, more dangerous in some ways. I agree. I agree. He's not saying anything. Stand <laughs> yeah. Up. yeah. yeah. Um, I think that, you know, developing awareness of ourself is, is crucial to know that there's other feelings, real feelings lying underneath that, you know, um, lying underneath the anger. So the anger does make us feel more powerful. It makes us feel like we can, you know, take control of the situation. We can be present in that situation. Uh, Probably if we didn't have that, we would be running. So anger plays a role in firing off. They're not, a, you know, this is early stages of some of the research, but they think that anger actually helps to fire off some of the fight, flight, freeze mechanisms. Which would I be believe that. That, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. You know, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Right. Um, they all need to get fired off in order for us to be, or to run. <laughs> uh, to not feel the anger, we would freeze. Yes. Well, and some people do freeze, you know, some Absolutely. people Those do freeze. And, and I think it also is, is really around, um, and fawning is another way and a weird expression when some people are, are intimidated and they have anger, they can go into this fawning behavior of, you know, placating and sort of over accommodating and at the same time, ignoring what's really going on inside. Yes. But I think when anger is, you know, uh, expressed in a way that isn't grounded and isn't conscious that's when it it's like we can all be sort of you know the idea that well i just see red you know i see that means you're 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 just seeing color and right. you're seeing the expression right it's like you know i always find it interesting green with envy and i'm seeing red so what does that mean death you know i'm you know blood but it's it's not coming from a place that i believe is um very conscious. And sometimes it is needed. You know, I do think that it is needed if someone's life is in danger, there's a real threat because no one wants to be a doormat and put up with someone else's bad behavior. But, well, but yeah, absolutely. right about you know, exploring, you know, exploring. Well, there's two types of anger. I mean, there's there's a perceived, a perceived threat gives us a certain anger. Um, an actual threat, you know, gives us another anger. Uh, and uh, so social injustice gives us another, another form of anger. So I always see that. I always think that ninety percent of people's anger is a control issue. It's about you didn't do it the way I wanted it done, and now I'm pissed off at you. Right, right, right. It's yeah. like if you wanted it done your way, then go and do it yourself. You know, uh, the number of people that operate from that place. You know, I mean, there's ten percent that's about social injustice. You know, and inequities and inequality and and so on. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's just my guesstimate, but I think 90% of the people are walking around trying to get everybody to do it their way, um, which would be like really boring. You know? yeah. uh, um, Very interesting because, so the, does the, I'm curious, does the uh, social injustice part, does that actually mean also if let's say someone, you know, has been um, a boundary has been crossed? Does it, does it, is it yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, it, well, it's certainly, I think for other people, maybe not so much for ourselves, because that would be a perceived or, or you know, a real threat to ourselves. I think that what we saw over on the, the weekend in, in the demonstrations across America, across Canada, uh, in, in uh, you know, in, the, in America or in uh, Europe, I mean, uh, that is righteous indignation. You know, that's social justice. That's anger about social injustice. Right. Right. And I think I think that there's validity in terms of, you know, there there has to be a sense of this is a valid uh, emotion. And I think that's part of the fact that so many things are in theory, you know, in, on paper, they can look good. But in the practical reality of, again, the discrepancies that we that we live in in this world are something that people are at a point where they're they're very frustrated and, yes. and, and it's like, well, what else can we do? What else, right. how else can we be heard? Because, you know, there's a, there's a, the idea of, 
of, you know, angry is, is, has a power, but you know, what is that sense of power? Because I think it's very different when someone is standing against something compared to standing for, for something, something and right. up for something, right. Where they're not, it's not about resistance or, or, or forcing. I think that that can be a very powerful way to uh, harness anger. And I think that's what's happening in the demonstrations that we're seeing. Yeah. I think it's changed. It's changing, you know, the same way as the women's movement, uh, when they had the women's march for the first time in a long, long time uh, on uh, Trump's inauguration day, there were like a million women marched. Right. And it, and it became an international, you know, phenomenon uh, that was about, you know, standing up for women, not against men, not against what the law was. And this is about standing up for humanity. Uh, and moving with humanity in a solid way, not in a way that is against against the man, against you know the 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 uh, you know whatever the government situation is or whatever. The government situation says I got to take a break here, so we're going to be right back. And uh, you're listening to Things Worth Considering. We'll be back in about two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back to Things Worth Considering. I'm Gordon Dell, and I am here with Alexei Georgiousis. Close, Alexia. Alexia. <laughs> You've been put an S in the name for... Oh, my God. Give me your mother's phone number. <laughs> I'm going to teach her how to spell it. You know how to pronounce it. Um, Alexia. Yes. Uh, without the S. But... <laughs> Um, now, you know, so, okay, so we, we talk about, you know, examples of what is, what is it covering up then? So, you know, fear is a big one. Um, so here's an example. Let's say, um, I come home and I see my girlfriend kissing this guy. All right. So he runs out <laughs> and I start yelling and screaming at her. And then I actually, then I go and hunt him down and slap him around a little bit. So what am I really feeling? Well, one is I'm feeling jealous, okay? Um, and, and the fear, though, really of jealousy is loss. And it's about perceived loss. So, so there's the fear, okay? We, and, and an anticipated loss. So we have grief and we have fear that are in, in whatever my brain did in seeing that scenario. And we call it jealousy. Uh, but, you know... The, the, you know, the perception of loss in situations like that is pretty profound. Um, but that's exactly what's, what's sitting over top of it. I mean, the, the alternative to that would be sitting down and just crying. 
Yes. Of course, guys don't do that. <laughs> Maybe right? not right away. Maybe later. Not right away. Yeah. And I'm not even sure how much later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if ever, you know. Fair enough. Uh, it's a, yeah, that's a very individual thing, you know. So, um, you know, the irrationality of anger um, really gives us an opportunity to feel that we can somehow or other take control back of a situation that feels very much out of control. Um, an example that I, I really use on this is if a woman comes to me and has been in a, an abusive relationship emotionally or, and or physically, and, you know, after a little while, I mean, she's angry and I want her to be angry because all of us have been through breaking up with someone. And you sort of move towards that teary, you know, it's sad. I miss them. You know, actually, well, you know, you don't. You miss the relationship. Being in a relationship, what you don't do is miss them. Or you miss the fantasy. Uh, a, you miss the you fantasy, miss the fantasy of, of it, yeah. Right. Uh, and, and the last thing I want her to do is to move into that sort of soft, melancholy place of missing him when, you know, she's been being slapped around, maybe being slapped in front of the children, whatever, is I want her angry. You know, I, I have mirrors I'll pull out and say, see that bruise, you know, and point it out because, you know, if she goes back, we know it's going to happen. It'll just simply repeat itself, you know. Um, and so in a place like that, that's where we can really see how anger uh, um, allows us. And that's, and that's that whole thing of a major boundary violation. And we Definitely. have the right to be very angry, yeah. you know. So oh, yeah. if anybody hits anybody is a major boundary violation. Yes, yes, and yeah. and you know the physical violence, the emotional violence, the the you know name calling or um, criticizing or you know any of that. And I see with clients, you know, typically in terms of coming in for let's say a physical concern, but in when as soon as you know we're looking at what's going on emotionally and and there's a place where there's a charge or the person maybe doesn't know how to access anger and and it can be common for women and for some men but right. it's a sense of i'm kind of i don't know how to do this it scares me i'm afraid of it you know whether they grew up with you know my father was angry my mother was an angry person and as a child i just you know consciously or unconsciously chose that anger isn't safe for me because again, it can give a feeling of not having control because, you know, this is, this is the sense of unknown. And it does speak to also us stepping back, stepping, I keep saying stepping back, stepping forward into this new and different. Right. And unknown is, is, can be fear creating for sure. It's like, wait a minute, am I going to be okay? It's like going into a haunted house with, remember when it's totally dark and you have no idea what's going to come out What's going to touch you? What's going to, you know, <laughs> if anything noise. does. <laughs> exactly. We, we used to set that up with uh, some of our younger Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it, it's, it goes into that, this, this connection to unknown and fear and how yes. to cover it up. If we, if, and people are not comfortable generally with actually settling in and saying, wow, what's here right now is I'm scared. I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid of loss. I'm, you know, do I have to move out of the city? Is my business going to close down? I'm afraid that my elderly parents are going to get ill or whatever it might be. And I think this whole fear energy is very dangerous because as we've said before, it's not okay that people are afraid to get sick. That is not a healthy way to live in the world because right, right. we will all get sick at some point, something, whether it's a cold or a flu or could be pneumonia, could be something. But again, recognizing that the fear blindness is there and it might be further masked by the anger. You mm -hmm. know, it's like layers and layers of these masks that are ultimately covering up something very innocent and very tender inside. Right, right. So, I mean, it's a, it is a protective uh, shield in some ways or like a, an armor that we wear. But, you know, some people wear it as a way to simply keep people away from them. They yeah. don't know how to say, could you please stand further back <laughs> or, or, you know, please don't, don't kiss me again uh, or whatever. We walk around with this nasty look on our face and a strut in a, you know, just don't come near me kind of an attitude to the whole world. Uh, so, you know, people learn that one of the ways they can control is by appearing to be angry. Definitely. And people will Definitely. Just, oh, oh, he's in a bad mood. 
you know, you don't want to go and talk to him right now, you know. And all, all I needed to do was give a shot with my eyes, and I can drop them at 20 paces. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> I learned that a long time ago. Impressive. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to say anything. I just need to shoot them a look, and they just I can skulk away. Um, it's it's uh, the illusion, though, of control is what is just so phenomenal. It's just such an illusion. Well, um, and and it's a really good point because this is you know, in terms of consciousness, and, and I know that you know this in terms of your work and everything else, and many people do, is that we ultimately don't have control over anything. We, we just, we, you know, we control and we attach to outcome. We get overly attached to the labels of who we think we are yes. and also the constructs of the ego. So the layers of ego is, you know, I saw that I was watching this very interesting film on YouTube called Samadhi. And it was part one or two. And one of the beautiful images that was on this was an iceberg and saying, you know, it showed the iceberg and then the ocean and then what's underneath the ocean. What And showing this is what we know is this this physical sense of seeing and thinking that's what's there. But all the unknown and all the power is deep and hidden. Yeah. And that's the same for Ourselves. I have a photograph when I'm talking about anger in a classroom. It's exactly that photograph. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly that photograph. And it just shows like that iceberg is just so, this is all you're seeing, but this is a huge piece underneath that's lethal. You know, if, if we don't know that it's there. If we, exactly. If, and I think even if we do know that it's there, I think, you know, what I find is that, you know, unless I am putting an intentional effort to meditate regularly or do Qigong or something, be in nature and, and be aware of when I have conversations and, and really work with being as grounded and still, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes just a moment. It's not even, you know, lasting. It's like a second. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I'm back into the busyness of my mind. Right. If I, if I don't do this, what I find is that I'm way more reactive way more reactive generally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When people, people are like overtired or, you know, they're just stressed or whatever, then people become very, very reactive. In fact, most people I think are reactive to start with anyone who plays with anger, anyone who comes from a shame base, uh, which a lot, a lot of us do, um, then we're going to be reacting all the time because it's, what did you mean by that statement just now? Right. You know, it's just like you're you you're always on guard yes. to defend something. You know, well, and, and also it's a heightened. It's it's not even a curious, compassionate question. It's defensive, and it's, it's a sense very of defensive. waiting to hear the answer so that you can go into attack or you can go into defend or whatever it is. So it's a it's a very uh, constricted way of of conversing, and that's not relational. That's not communicative. <laughs> exactly. There's no relation. Hey. What did you say? Yeah, talk to my boys. Hey, boys, come here. Yes. You know? <laughs> exactly. Take care of her. Um, you know, it's like, wow. And, and that's not as far-fetched as it sounds. It's, uh, I mean, I have fun with some of that stuff, but it's not that far-fetched. You know? No. People, no. people who come from shame base are more likely to, to exhibit forms of toxic anger. Interesting. Very interesting. The more, the more because... You know, the one of the, the the very first reactions to to humiliating or pointing something out to somebody, um, and, and they feel like they've been shamed is to rage. So you can say something you you know is is sort of innocuous, but they feel it is very shaming or publicly outs them or something. They in turn will will just rage right back at you. Do you think, and is that typically more common? Because I've I've witnessed in terms of people experiencing shame that often instead of it raging, they go into weeping. They, they can. No. Um, it just depends, depends on the individual. Yeah. You know, it really depends on the individual. Uh, you know, weeping, they can, if somebody is really shamed, the humiliation of being in front of other people, you know, that anyone who does that, I just think it's horrific, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, it's a, it's know, a, yeah. And, and I think that part of this is, because it's blaming. Yes. You're blaming it. Yeah. You know, you're not accepting any responsibility for what it is you're even talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, so, yeah, you can, you can have, you know, the, the sort of uh, 
um, you know, shame, shame-based rage and, and anger that comes out. But then there's the, the the people that are kind of almost like using ways to sort of take away at you. You know, I always I always think that that form of abuse is an emotional abuse is much more insidious than being physically hit. Because if physically hit, I can put my finger on it and I can see it. Uh, but it's that little as it chips out, like you know, the sculptor. Yes, and and it's a and you're right. It's insidious, and it's almost it's stealth. I feel like it's a very you know, especially if children are quite. I think generally they are quite empathic. And and that awareness of sensitivity in terms of oh is someone upset and how what can I do to make it better? But then if you have anyone, whether it's a parent or a colleague or a friend or a partner, who basically gives mixed messages, mis signals, I think that the the you know the ultimate thing is the onus on is on the person to start paying attention to this disconnect or this unsettled feeling of saying wow, they're, they're saying that on one hand I did well, and yet there's this other, oh, and, and what about this? There's something else that you could improve upon, or this could be better. You know, that, and that, that does create a sense of, wow, I'm not good enough. And therefore, I'm, I'm, I should be ashamed of myself. I'm, I'm not good enough. Right. You know? Right. And, and people do carry that with them. I mean, when, when I say that, you know, people are shame-based, is also what I'm really saying is that they, their, their self-esteem has been wiped out. Yeah. They have a very low opinion of themselves. Uh, they think that everybody else is trotting along at a much you know, greater rate. I always joke and say, well, I used to figure that everybody else got the rule book, but nobody gave me one. Exactly. Um, and I was still exactly. trying to figure out what the rules were. You know? <laughs> um, how come she knows all the rules? And yeah. that, that's very shaming. And people do that. Yes, they know? do. Well, you should yeah. know that. Well, and this goes back sure. to those. Yes, the should. And it goes back to those constructs of ego and that sense of if we are attached to other people's opinions of us and believing that their judgments basically define who we are. And I mean, you know, I think this is something that many people have been through where you really start to recognize, wait a minute, why am I feeling badly based on this person's opinion? Yes. And, and then being able, but it takes time and it takes practice, right? It takes that awareness of how do you integrate these other parts of yourself and know that your power comes from yourself. But it's very challenging when there's been years of, you know, whether it's overt abuse or, uh, you know, covert abuse or whatever you want to call it or manipulation. And again, we're not teaching each other and in our school systems i think this is why it's really validating so much so many broken systems whether it's sick care or the school systems where we're not supporting each other as humanity to help people learn how to develop their own sense of self and right. so when someone else decides to be critical or excessively abusive or whatever it is that we we learn the skills of how to say oh that's fine. And I don't need to engage. I don't need to get hooked by this. So, so, you know, it, it goes back to recognizing. Right. And it's, and it's very easy to get hooked. Oh, yeah. you know, if you people, don't have a sense who, of awareness, it's so easy to get hooked. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people who use, you know, uh, you know, shaming behaviors and, and raging uh, at people, you know, are just doing it in a way that is intended to hurt and to maim, you know, like fire a bullet or two. You know, at least rubber ones, they really hurt. Um, you know, at least the That's, other ones, you die, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the other thing too, uh, tie in there is we'll do that right after break is substance abuse. And we'll be right back to talk about substance abuse and anger right after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. 
This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back to Things Worth Considering. And I am here with Alexia Georgiousis. And, uh, Perfect. And I'm Gord Riddell. And we're your hosts here. And we're talking about toxic anger. Uh, we've talked about how anger is really a secondary emotion that there's a lot of feelings underneath it that it masks, but it's also an important, very important feeling to continue to have, even if it is secondary, because it does give us warning signals that something isn't right or that somebody has violated our boundaries, uh, which is really, really important. But, you know, the other thing about it is, is that anger makes us feel very uncomfortable and to be always angry uh, is it, it's, it's a real introduction to go and start using substances. Uh, whether that substance is, substance is alcohol or whether it's marijuana uh, or a prescription drug. Shopping. Uh, shopping. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a drug, you know, credit cards, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, uh, eventually what makes you feel calmer will make you feel way worse. And, you know, alcohol is certainly a huge culprit in domestic violence. Um, it is, it is, uh, you know, in all my years of counseling, I have never, ever had to intervene ever in marijuana, you know, uh, in between couples. Uh, you know, the only time they ever get get a little pissy is when there's no food in the fridge. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they're like, I oh, need to eat. Uh, but alcohol, though, is, is just an invitation. It's but just one more round of volley, you know, bullets almost you bring in when alcohol is, is introduced, methamphetamine. Uh, cocaine, anything that's a, a stimulant, actually. Yeah, alcohol and, is and not it, a stimulant. It, right, right. And it makes sense, too, because in, even from an Asian medicine perspective, the, the, the organ that's associated with the emotion of anger is the liver. And mm. it's very interesting that many of these pharmaceuticals, the drugs, the, the, the alcohol in particular, it is filtered through the liver, so yes. that's when people develop liver cirrhosis or whatever it is, the liver is what, and the pancreas often. So it's interesting that the pancreas is all about creating sweetness because right. it's related to insulin and glucose, but the liver is anger, the emotion. And when you look at those, the, those substances uh, coming through the body, because it's, again, it's not that the emotions are disconnected from the physiology. They're part of the physical body. Right, right. You know, when you say about uh, the pancreas, you know, you only need to see somebody or have it yourself, pancreatitis, to know that, that is one mean, angry uh, experience to go through. If you go through it, you know, some very, people don't make yeah, it. Yeah, and potentially very, very serious. It can be very, very serious. Yeah, yeah. very serious. Um, so, you know, just, you know, I think if, if you're doing any awareness around uh, substances, there's no, there's no judge here that's saying don't do it or it's just everything is being done with a level of awareness and, and how do some of these various items feed into, um, and in fact, you know, perhaps destroy or detract from your relationships. That's relationships, not just with a, a, you know, romantic partner. I'm talking about friends, long-term friends, as well as, as your family. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and the, what I've found is that in practice that very often the substance is a relationship. It's usually a priority. 
it's a it's a top relationship so that very often that's that becomes the lover in the relationship oh yeah that's the always there when the, i need it yeah you know there's yeah, no questions there's and and again it's the it's the relationship to the substance regardless of of uh, again the balance is there but when it becomes something that someone has to reach for when they are feeling uncomfortable and you know we can reach for so many different things but the fact that it skews our awareness so deeply and then has typically consequences not only to our own physical body and ourselves, but the people around us. And alcohol, very often people are very depressed after they've oh had my God, a yes. big yes. binge it's drinking. Depressant. Yeah, it's it a is a depressant. Yeah, yeah, but it's a central nervous system depressant. That's why it works differently than what was, we're yes. thinking of. Um, but the bottom line is it's still a depressant. It has a very long-term implication of, of uh, basically destroying a lot of lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the person who uses shame to keep people in line usually will have alcohol involved, uh, and and it can kind of raging. There's a lot of language um, uh, around that, so I, I I call that the shamer anger. Uh, um, you know, as you uh, just nasty things. You know, they're just just very nasty things to say. The other one is the sabotage anger. And that's where the person has been hurt and has such great loss early in life that they don't really feel that they're, they should be here. You know, that anything is they're deserving of. And so anything that they want to do, and they really do want to do well, because perfectionism starts to play in here. Uh, and and the, that sort of anger is there, but so not in touch with it. Um, but it's self-directed. Mm-hmm. And just as they start to get towards the finish line in any race, boom, they blow it up. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's the part around the tip of the iceberg or the top of the iceberg shows the behaviors and yes. thinking and then going underneath the water and, and to the depth of what where is this saboteur coming from? You know, what right. what is this? What is this behavior coming from? Where is it there? That are these the archetypal patterns that are there and, well, and come in the three ugly sisters. <laughs> I want to hear about the three ugly sisters. The saboteur. Why are the three ugly brothers, by well, the way? Well, it could be three ugly brothers, too. Yeah, so I beat up know, my brother, so it didn't matter. Good. So let's do the three, whatever. I always do it as the three ugly sisters. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, we're not going to rewrite Cinderella. Uh, the step Right, that's true. Well, yes, that was true. That was from Cinderella. I forgot about that. The saboteur, the rebel, and the addict. And mm. each one of those... Each one of those in, in uh, plays off the other one in all three of them is usually what will, will get people to start drinking again or to start using again. You know, uh, the, uh, I think I mentioned this on it um, in, in some of the, the rehabs, they call them the, the uh, shitty committee. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good one, too. It's a really good one. The poopers yeah. um, who say, yeah. really, you know, we just get this really distorted thinking in our heads, you know, and that's the saboteur. You know, the rebel, you know, my, my way of, of teaching people about the rebel is if you want to say you, all right, with the F word, then your rebel's present. Rebel, the rebel part of us is really important when we're 13, when we're 15, yeah. 17. <laughs> when we're 13. When you're 45, you don't need to have the rebel. You got a voice, you got presence, you know, but, you know, we still have that kid, you know, says, uh, yeah. You think I'm going to put up with that? Well, you, you know, and come on, you know, we can't act that way, you know? No, and it shows the wounding, right? It shows so much wounding in our society. Absolutely. And and, the immaturity of it all. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's very, very immature. Now, the other thing too is, is that that level of anger is, is, is just waiting to be given away to people. (laughs) It's the gift. And, you know, I can assure you that the, the saboteur is he's blowing up. The world is blowing up part of your world. And he's sucking you right into or she's sucking you right into what's going on there. So, you, so, you know, we really want to have, you know, we talked about it in some ways of that the hooks. Yeah. The hooks are, are well, they're really hard. And, and unless someone... Unless you're able to recognize that, you know, I, I use the, the language of, you know, there's this spinning whirlwind and there's this noise that's always around us. And, and, and essentially, 
when we stay centered in ourselves and our bodies and our breath with our feet on the ground, have an awareness of, you know, wait a minute, I'm right here in this moment. And then being able to be more of an observer, it's, and it's a practice that has to be every day, every day, mm-hmm. every moment, every interaction, because hooks can come all the time. Oh my God. And, yes. and, and especially when people are fatigued or irritable or scared it's like, again, it's that same vibration that they're going to be attracted to that hook, that part of them. And yeah. then boom, you get taken and you're on a ride. You're on a roller coaster of this incredible emotion, which sadly can become also very addictive for people, right? Drama addicts. Oh my God, yes. Very addictive. Oh yeah. Like the the, the, the one who uh, runs in is just really quiet in the house and throws a grenade and then comes running back in and goes, oh, what's happening? What's going on? And then jumps into it. Yes. You know, yeah. but they're the one that threw the bomb out there in the first place. Yes. You know? it's, it's a figurative, you know, way. Of yeah, it. yeah. But it's a great, it's a great way to describe it around, mm-hmm. around having this recognition of, wait a minute, if we just stop for a moment and say, look at, there's all these thoughts spinning. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not these emotions. I can feel this, but what do I need to do to see differently? How can I mm-hmm. listen differently? And well, that's see, where. See, one of the danger ones here is the, is the spiritual teacher. Uh-huh. Yes. A spiritual teacher who is just toxic. You know, uh, they've used that bypass, which is very easy to do, go into a spiritual bypass without any, any clearing, um, and they will hurt people. And so spiritual teachers scare me. Um, is, is, I try to dissociate myself from being one. Uh, but it's, it's uh, yeah, it's one of the, the easy ways of getting out. The other one's the silent guy, the silent rager. And it just sort of goes along, you know, he's angry, but he's not saying anything. And, you know, um, you know, all of a sudden just disappears. Mm-hmm. You know, they ghost you mm-hmm. and they're gone and you, no explanation, no lead up, nothing. And it's, uh, again, someone who learns silence in their life, you know, I knew someone like this and, and would say that it, he learned how to be so silent that his stepfather wouldn't hear him in the house. Wow. You know, well, and, and that's what's, like, that's what's uh, often praised, right? Oh, you know, ch- children seen and not heard, not heard that yeah. old, which is, thank God. It's like, hopefully that's gone and shattered. But I think in some cultures and some people, it isn't, it's a sense of you need to behave this way. You need to be this and do this. And if you don't, then I'm going to get angry. Like what you were saying in the, in earlier on this podcast. And I agree with you about the spiritual teacher. I think it's very, very dangerous there's a lot of languaging. There's a lot of words that can be used to dismiss and also go into, well, that wasn't my intention or, you know, Oh, that's your perception. And yeah. this Turn is it around very, on you. Yes. And this yeah. is the gaslighting that, I mean, that's been called the gaslighting, but I feel like again, all of it, regardless of labels, it's really conscious or unconscious. That's yeah, all yeah. it is. Yeah. There's either, either your people are practicing and trying to be more aware in themselves or they're not. Right. And we all slip back and forth. That's part of, that's part of being human, right? It's part of being human, you know? So, you know, it, it, this level of toxicity, I think people really need to, you know, it would be ideal, be aware of how much anger they're carrying with them. But on the other side of that fence is I really want people to be aware of how much are you putting up with to be with somebody you don't, we don't have to put up with people's crap like that or being, being hit, being pulled down, being controlled, being controlled sexually, financially. I mean, all of those kinds of things, you know, it's like, I, I want to like grab their shoulders and go, wake up. You know, you can be so, so different simply by removing yourself from it. You know? Well, and I think that I agree with you hundred percent. However, every time we don't stand up to it, we just, every time I don't stand up to you, I just told you, you can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that in cases where there's been severe domestic violence, or let's say people Mm. come as refugees and they are dependent and they are, they are dependent on their, their physical health, their emotional health, their place to live. And I think it's very challenging for people like that to sort of step out of it and, and leave because we know why there are domestic shelters all over the place, right? It's like, yep. it is not an easy thing for people. It's very scary. 
but it's recognizing that piece where, wait a minute, I am worth it and it can be different. But, you know, when, when someone is used to just taking it because that's how their family was, that's how their parents were, you just take the abuse, you take the bullying, you take the criticism, then that's exactly what they're going to end up living with in their lives. Exactly. Until exactly. They, and it'll repeat again, right? Yep. Well, I know I brought this up before, but I've had women come to me and say, I want you to teach me how not to make my husband angry. Yeah, that is. Now, that's where I get really angry. And that's my righteous indignation and, 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 and social injustice, that she has a self-esteem that has been so, so wiped out that she believes that she can do that, yeah. you know, and instead of just, hey, you get off your chair, you're not doing that anymore. You know, that's what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Well, and it's I'm, the codependence. Why, that as I said a, earlier in the podcast, yeah. why I would want to keep them, keep them very busy being angry. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and really being able to relate to it as a valuable emotion and seeing oh, absolutely. that, you know, I think that it creates more compassion, but we have to have compassion for the self first. It's like the oxygen mask that you, you've, but if yourself has been before. through a bunch of toxicity, yeah. you know, yeah. toxic parents anger. who have parents who have young children, they're in a difficult situation and they're, yeah. they feel maybe stuck or trapped, but being able to relate to anger in a way that is healthy, that is a living question. Right, right. On that question, on that answer, we have to go. We're at the end of our show here. Uh, we thank you for listening in, and we will be back next week on things worth considering. Stay safe, take care of one another, and we will all be free soon. Sounds like emancip emancipation. But <laughs> it does from our illnesses. Be well. Bye now. Bye now. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.